Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm Allison H. Larson, and so excited for our show today. We're going to be talking about uh, how you can really feel like you're enough in this world today. And I know so often, you know, as, as recently as yesterday, I had some things um, happen, and I just really didn't feel like I was enough. So I'm excited to have our guest on today. Oftentimes, when I have guests on, they have a real personal uh, meaning in my life. I'm an intuitive expert, and I think my intuition leads me to what I'm needing to hear in my life. So I'm excited about that. So um, as we get started today, I want to introduce our special guest who's calling in today. So Megan, you are calling in from where today? San Diego, beautiful San Diego. All the way from San Diego. Well, great to have you joining us today. And I love it. So how do you say your last name? I always get this mixed up. <laughs> it's totally okay. It's Fenyo. Fenyo. I know. I practiced that yep. before the show. I'm like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to say it right. Fenyo. Okay. I still had to ask you. Yep. But Megan Fenyo. And, and Megan, I'm excited to, to bring you on. The reason why I asked you to come on today is because you're doing some pretty incredible things in the world today with helping people really feel like they're enough. I believe that that's the root of a lot of our problems. So I would love yeah. to give you the opportunity just to brag about yourself a little bit to get started. <laughs> um, some of the things that you've done before and, and the accomplishments that you've had. If you've listened to my show before, you know I give my guests total permission to brag. This is a no judgment zone. So brag away. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, I got to meet you at City Summit a couple weeks ago, or a couple months ago, actually. And I just kind of felt this connection with you. So thank you so much. I do have to give a little disclaimer that I am a little under the weather. So sorry if my voice is kind of cracking today, but um, I was not going to miss this opportunity to be on your show. So thank you so much. Oh, I, I um, love that. Oh, and I know that sickness never gets the true entrepreneurs down, right? We've got to push through it. Seriously, it's, I was on another show yesterday and she was like, she was like, the show must go on. And I'm like, okay, I'll make it sound as good as possible. And I was putting my phone on mute when I was coughing and all of that stuff. So, um, but hey, it's all about being authentic and real, right? That's, it is. that's the story of my life. So it, it kind of works out well. So um, just a little bit about me, I guess. I think it's kind of hard sometimes to brag about yourself. because um, I think a lot of us think that it's selfish to do uh, at times. But I think I've grown up in, I've had a lot of struggles in my life, you know, from childhood all the way up until, you know, a couple of days ago. And Alice and I appreciate your authenticity of saying, you know, like yesterday, you were having a down day of not feeling like you're enough. And it is so true because we do have these off days um, at times. And I think for me, the biggest times in my life where I felt like I wasn't enough that has literally gotten me to the point where I can brag about myself is um, I was diagnosed with a learning disability in childhood. So I have an eighth grade reading level and a ninth grade math level. And my guidance counselor in high school told me never to go to college because I was never going to graduate. Wow. So me and my parents sat. Wow. And here I am. I've been a mental health therapist for 16 years. I'm licensed in both California and Michigan. 
and been practicing, have my own private practice, just wrote a, a book that became a bestseller. And so I think for me, like I get to brag about that because it was that one voice, that one person that at that time I didn't realize that that was going to be the motivation to keep me going. But at that moment, I didn't feel like I was enough hmm. to go to school. Yeah. And, but it was that, it was that voice that just kept me going. And I was like, no way, you are not going to prove that statement to be true. And so I can brag about that for sure. Well, I love that. And I think it's so often it's true that we either place labels on ourselves or we have other people Uh place labels on us and we allow those labels to define us. And then we don't feel like we're good enough. And um, so just just I want to go back to your story, but just to share briefly what happened to me yesterday. And this was kind of a funny thing. So, um, you know, first of all, I I woke up in the morning and I saw this announcement that I'm going to be speaking in an upcoming event. And some of my fellow speakers include people like Kevin Harrington, Mario Lopez, Les Brown, um, you know, and even even a major A-list celebrity. You're going to have to go to my Facebook page, Allison Hildebrandt Larson, to see who that A-list celebrity is. But Anyway, I I was like, wow, this is amazing. I was feeling so successful. And then I got home later in the, the day, my water was shut off. And I'm like, what's going on here? And I'd been having trouble communicating with the water department, trying to get things rolled over in my name from the past person that had lived there. And immediately I heard in my head, oh, Allison, you're so stupid. You can't take care of anything. You can't even, you can't even take care yeah. of this. You're so incompetent. You, can, you can't be an independent woman. I'm like, hang, hang on here. Wait, I, I think I'm successful. But I felt in that moment, I felt so mm-hmm. small and not good enough. And long story short, I called this morning and ended up it was their problem, not mine. But but in that moment, I was so upset and feeling so small. And I thought, wow, it was amazing how by placing that label on myself and what I told myself made me feel like I was going from literally hero to zero. So I was Isn't it crazy how fast it happened? Oh, totally. And I'm like, I'm a successful woman, but I can't even keep my water on. I don't know what's going on. I I literally called my mom in tears and I'm like, mom, what should I do? I'm I'm 39 years old calling my mom for advice. But but yeah, it it happens. It totally happens. And so I appreciate your willingness to be open and honest and share your story of how you had a label placed on you when you were younger and um, that caused you some doubt. So how did you get over that? Tell me a little bit about your story. How did you go from feeling like you weren't good enough, you weren't smart enough, you couldn't do things, to now being uh, an author? You said you just had a book released and, and being this uh, person that is, is helping other people to, to move past their fears, and you're very successful at it. How did you, how did you make that transition? What happened <laughs> in your life? Well, I have to say, I'm super excited to see you at City Summit. I will be there for all four days. And was so excited to see your face on that amazing um, Facebook page with Mario and the A-lister. I know. That's like Slater from Saved by the Bell. I used to watch that every day after school. I know. I'm super excited about that. I'm super excited. Um, But anyway, to be honest, that is probably not the biggest struggle that I've had in my life. Um, You know, that's, it's one of the examples of not feeling like enough. And at that point, you know, when I was in school, I didn't really realize that I was working on my mindset at that point. Mm-hmm. And it was just this motivation that I had. Yeah. I think the biggest 
trauma or biggest issue that happened in my life where I didn't feel like I was enough is what I talk about in my book. And that happened when I was married and involved in a very narcissistic, abusive marriage. Oh, wow. And that happened. We, you know, were married for two years and he had an affair for 14 months and the abuse just got worse and worse. But actually it would be, it'll be a year this coming Saturday that I stopped all contact with him Wow! and wrote this book and wrote this book. And like, this book is like my saving grace because it talks about my struggles of throughout my life not feeling like enough. And here at age 39, like you said, we're the same age, how my life was completely torn apart. And I didn't feel like I was enough. You know, I left my six-figure job as a therapist to start entrepreneurship a year and a half ago. And I'm like floundering. I'm like, I feel like half the time I'm thinking. But, and having to work through that trauma of my personal life and then building up that self-confidence of being enough in my personal life and being enough as a professional. Um, it has been a lot of work, but it's literally gotten me to this point where I'm on this show with you. And I, it's, it's been a blessing, even though it's been difficult. Well, let's talk about that for just a minute. Um, one of the things that I like to do is I have guests on the show and hear their different experiences. I like to pull golden nuggets out of their experience. And what I mean by that is what are the things that we can learn from that? And and something mm-hmm. that came to my head as you were talking, you know, I, I've, I've found myself in some toxic relationships, um, even in, in the recent past. And what I've found is that I tend to attract into my life the people that validate how I'm feeling about myself. So Mm -hmm. if I'm not feeling, if I'm feeling like I'm not good enough, I attract people into my life who may love me, but either consciously or subconsciously, they are sending me the messages that I'm not enough. And, or maybe those are the messages that I'm just choosing to hear from them. So I'd love to, I'd love to hear Mm -hmm. your thoughts on that because my my biggest aha and realization recently in my life is that if I want to attract healthier healthy relationships, if I want to attract high vibrational frequency people into my life, I have to first work on making sure that I feel like I'm good enough and that I have that high frequency or else I'm going to find myself stuck in the same situations. Uh, did you find that that was true for you or what do you think uh, led you into that situation? I could not agree with you more on everything that you just said. And honestly, it's the story that we allow ourselves to think. So because my ex-husband had an affair and was somewhat abusive to me, I made, I allowed him to believe that I wasn't enough, right? Mm -hmm. He never told me I wasn't enough. But it was a story that I created in my mind based on his actions. Now, now did you feel like that going into the relationship? When you first started this relationship with him, so walk me through that a little bit. How did that dynamic work at the beginning of your relationship? I'm just curious. And I want to hear more about where you're going with it. But but let's back up a little bit. So going into the relationship, were you confident? Did you feel good enough about yourself? And what happened in that dynamic um, that, that caused that? So I had made this crazy decision to commission into the Air Force when I was 33 years old. Oh, wow. So I moved from Michigan. Yeah, this is part of the story. I moved from Michigan to California and, you know, left everything I knew and was doing mental health therapy and became an officer in the Air Force in California. And I was feeling kind of alone. You know, I didn't, 
I'm a very outgoing person and I think the transition didn't go as well as I thought it would because where I was stationed was very small and it was just really hard for me and I was single. Long story short, I met my now ex-husband and at that point, I didn't realize that this was like the first part of the narcissistic abuse was like what we call the love bombing where literally I was super happy. I was excited. I was proud of myself for like making this move. It had always been on my bucket list to live in California. You know, I was serving my country. But what happened was I think I let my loneliness take over and I jumped headfirst into this relationship because I think I was lonely. And I've never been that type of person. I've never needed a man or, you know, needed someone. I've always been super independent, always kind of on my own and definitely wasn't looking for a relationship, let alone a marriage. But mm-hmm. it was part of my loneliness, but also part of his love bombing that like, I mean, we were so what, together what is love, and what married is, within a year. Wow. What is love bombing? Yeah. Define that for me. <laughs> so love bombing is where a person literally thinks that you are the most amazing person in the world, which obviously your significant other should think that, but it's so above normal. So it's showering you with all of these gifts, taking you places, you know, just things that were not normal. I thought, oh my gosh, yeah, I totally deserve this. Mm-hmm. But the amount of money that was being spent, the things that he was doing, you know, he was in Texas, he would fly every other weekend to come and see me, our wedding, like where that took place, just all of the money and the gifts and, you know, making you feel like you were this, like, amazing princess queen. And then the next minute, he totally disregards you. And he makes you feel like you're absolutely nothing, that you're the piece of trash or you're the doormat. So the so, so love bombing, I'm just trying to understand this better, and I'm finding this fascinating, intriguing. Love bombing is when somebody gives you an inordinate amount of love and attention and then mm-hmm. um, disregards you following that. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. followed by more love and attention than disregards you. So it seems like a cycle that's going on. Okay, so yep. so what did you think during those cycles or those things that were happening? What was going through your head? Well, at first, you know, I didn't realize what I was really involved in. And honestly, I didn't realize that I was in a narcissistic abusive marriage until after our divorce, mm-hmm. which was hard for me because I'm a mental health therapist. So that was a mm-hmm. whole other issue of not feeling mm-hmm. like a good enough therapist. Like, wow, how could I yeah. let myself get into this? Right, right. But because he had made me feel like I was the one that caused the affair, you know, mm-hmm. and it was... So there's another term in narcissistic abuse, which is called gaslighting. Yeah. So it's where, yeah, he tries to gain all the power and makes you question your reality. Yeah. So like he literally made me feel like I was crazy, that I caused all of this stuff. And then the next minute he's like showering me with gifts and telling me like I'm amazing. So it was this huge cycle. And so I literally thought that it was all my fault. You know, I went on medication, I went into therapy, as he's just continuing his life. And it was, I mean, it lasted like that for about six years. And I had lost every aspect of myself. Yeah, that's very, very interesting. And um, yeah, that's fascinating. So 
what would you tell somebody are the signs of love bombing or of gaslighting? What are the what are the signs to watch for? What are the warning signs? Or maybe there's somebody listening right now that's in a toxic relationship and they're they're trying to figure out if if this is really toxic or not. And I think the hard thing about gaslighting is you feel like it's your fault. So I know in my Mm -hmm. life, you know, when I've had toxic relationships where I felt like maybe something was my fault, I always go back and forth thinking, well, is, you know, is this really my thought or am I, is this my fault? Am I imagining things? Am I making things more than they are? What are some really specific guidelines that you could give somebody that, and warning signs that would let them know, first of all, um, that it's love bombing and second of all, what gaslighting is? So I talk, you know, extensively about this in my book and the love bombing, you know, like you had said, and I had talked to earlier about is the attempt to like influence another person with over the top displays of affection and attention. So my ex-husband would talk about all of these amazing things that we were going to do and talk about this amazing future and over the top stuff that I was like, really, are we really going to do that? But, like, I believed it was true, you know, and calling and texting and, you know, all of this stuff all of the time. Like, he was always available to me. Hmm. And, you know, just, like, uh, it, didn't, it didn't feel comfortable. I think that that was one of the warning signs I ignored was that I remember questioning myself, is this normal? Hmm. And the other thing, too, was the fact of how quickly he said he loved me. It was the first weekend. Well, what about this? Is this too good to be true? I I had a friend tell me one time, you know, Allison, if you ever get in a relationship where you feel and you think within the first 48 hours, is this too good to be true? Run as fast as you can the other way. Because mm-hmm. it is. And I thought, oh, no, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a romantic exactly. at heart. I'm like, no, there's love at first. Are you kidding me? But what I've learned in my life, in friendships and romantic relationships, whatever it is, that usually does hold true. If you feel such mm-hmm. an obsession and strong connection either towards someone or you feel like they feel that towards you within the first 24 to 48 hours and you think, is this too good to be true? It, it probably is. Mm-hmm. And you should maybe not run the other way, but you should at least take a step back. So I'm um, really fascinated. So we have about 30 seconds to break. Give me the give me the the biggest warning sign of gaslighting. The biggest thing that you would tell somebody who is mm. questioning if they're in a <laughs> gaslighting situation. There's do you want to do you want to wait till let's is, well we can wait till after break too. Give us the first one. Give us the first one now. No, I'll give them a, I'll give them a little hint. Okay. When they deny they ever said something even though you have proof. Hmm. When they deny they said something, even though you have proof. Very fascinating. Okay, when we come back, we're going to hear more with Megan. Let's see if I get this right. Fenyo, did I get it right? Yep. Woohoo! You did. More with Megan Fenyo coming up. Uh, she is a, a phenomenal individual. She's a mental health coach. She just wrote a book uh, about her experience um, getting out of a, a, an abusive relationship. And I'm finding this fascinating personally. Don't go anywhere when we get back. More with Megan. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. 
listen for In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt, international media celebrity, supermodel, and renowned beauty and lifestyle expert, as well as founder and CEO of Envelop Her, multimedia platform for women, and sought-after inspirational speaker on women's issues. You'll connect with Clarissa's super influencer celebrity friends and experts as they speak about health, wealth, beauty, lifestyle, business, the love of giving, and the love of living a model life. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee Guaranteed, it will be the best hour of your week. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back to Spotlight. I'm enjoying just a fascinating show today with Megan Fenyo. And Megan, I know you were going to share with us five tips um, here in a little bit, but we were talking about something that I, I really want to continue this conversation before we get into those five tips. And hopefully if you're listening, you have your notebook out, your pen, your paper. Um, I've got a guest here in studio today. She's I've been seeing her taking notes. Uh, maybe you have your phone out, your computer. But uh, anytime that we are privileged to be or that I'm privileged to be um, in the presence of somebody like like Megan, who has really taken her life experiences and is passing along those wisdom, that wisdom, I tend to write it down so I can take her counsel. There's two ways we can learn, consequence or counsel. I'd rather learn by consequence because I know that um, it's going to be a little bit faster for me. 
And when I learn from consequence, I like to pass those lessons along to others so that they can learn by my counsel. And that's where I find my greatest fulfillment in life. So, Megan, thank you for sharing your experiences with us today. Before we left on break, you were talking about an abusive relationship you were in. You just published a book about this. You talked a little bit about love bombing and maybe some of the warning signs of love bombing, which include uh, people just giving you inordinate amount of attention, followed by periods where they will ignore you. One of the things we talked about was if you think within 24 to 48 hours of a new relationship that it's too good to be true, it probably is right. I hate to break it to you for those all those romantics out there, um, but at least give yourself an opportunity to step back and think about why this may be um, and and know that, that real relationships are built on solid foundation uh, of trust and sometimes aren't those uh, relationships where you feel like they're too good to be true within the first 24 or 48 hours. Um, the other thing we were talking about is gaslighting and gaslighting is where someone makes you feel like something's all your fault, even though it's not. And this can be really Uh tricky in an abusive relationship. And I know you're a mental health coach, uh, so you've probably seen this a lot, Megan, but this is where it gets really tricky. When you're dealing with somebody who's wondering if it's their fault or not, and you're trying to tell them that it's not their fault, they're probably wondering the whole time if it really is their fault, uh, because that's what they've been told. So what are some of the other warning signs of gaslighting? And, And if you're suspecting that you're in a toxic relationship that involves love bombing, gaslighting that's either emotionally abusive or may even be mentally, physically abusive. Um, how do you get out of that? What are some of the signs of gaslighting? And what do you do if you recognize that you're in this kind of relationship? Thank you so much. It is, you know, when I hear people talk about this, sometimes I sit there and I'm like, I can't believe this was me, you know, because being, you know, a licensed mental health therapist for over 16 years, it's it's something that kind of just happened. And I remember when I was writing the book, um, I was doing some more, I've always known what narcissistic, you know, personality disorder is and, and all of this stuff. And in my book, I talk about when I start talking about gaslighting, I talk about how it was literally in the midst of writing my book when I realized that I was in a narcissistic abusive relationship. It wasn't until after I left him Um, and walked away, did I realize it? Because when I was reading all of these things, like I said, one of the first things before we went to commercial was that they deny they ever said anything, even though you have proof. Every single lie that I caught him in, I had proof of. And he was like, that's not true. You're making Mm -hmm. this up. You're crazy. And I'd be standing there with a receipt or a hotel receipt, you know, from when he was, had his affair or something. And he'd be like, you're crazy. And I think like that was the biggest one because for so long I held on to that belief that I was crazy, that I was overreacting. No way would a man that gave me this amazing wedding in Napa and that, and who has, we have this amazing house, would he ever do anything like that? I must be the crazy one. Hmm. And I think, you know, I think a lot of it too was his everyone loved him. Like everyone loves, you know, loves him. He, he's very, you know, successful and people are drawn to him. And that's another big warning sign is how often, like he would talk so much about himself and we would be at dinner with friends and I would just sit there. And like every time I would try to talk, you know, he would engage me, but then all of a sudden it would stop and it would go back to him. 
to like where my friends would say, Megan, like, do you ever realize that when you guys are out, like you just sit there? And I didn't realize it. I just, mm. that's just kind of how I knew. I mean, that's just kind of how I developed myself in the relationship. Now, is one sign of a narcissistic relationship uh, or an emotionally abusive relationship, well, one sign that I've noticed and just want your feedback or thoughts on this is that often the person um, will find ways to, uh, the the abusive person will find ways to make the victim um, lose friends, um, family support, uh, and, and they find themselves isolated and away from other people. Have you found that to be true? Did you find that true in your situation? So there's two different types of narcissistic abuse, and I talk about that in my book. I was the complete opposite, where he wanted really nothing to do with me. Hmm. So, like, you know, he would always be very cordial and, like, cared about my family, but, like, he never would care about what I was doing He didn't, like, he would care less, like, he never questioned who I was with, or I never was isolated. I felt alone because he didn't care about what's going on in my life, Hmm. and he had isolated me by the fact that within a month of us being married, he blocked me from all social media, he blocked me from our own computer where I had to get my own, you know, personal computer, and he just didn't care what I was doing. Yeah, And so the more he was disregarding me, the more I became kind of like manic in a way where like the more I was like trying to pull him back to me saying, what am I doing wrong? Why am I not good enough? Because you're not paying attention to me. Hmm. Very, so there's two different aspects of it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's very interesting. So Megan, we haven't talked yet about what the name of your book is. What is the name of your yeah. book and where can people find it for those who are listening right now and think, wow, I want to hear your story. And, and here's why I think it's important. I think that oftentimes, especially if we find ourselves in narcissistic or abusive relationships, um, those people that are in those relationships feel isolated and alone, like nobody else mm-hmm. understands what they're going through. And you start questioning, is this me? Is it them? Is there something wrong with me? But to hear other people's stories and experiences, like I said before, to learn through their counsel can really help people feel like they aren't isolated, like somebody understands what they're going through. If they hear uh, of other people being courageous enough to get out of those relationships, maybe it will give them the courage to get out. So what is the what is the name of your book and where can, where can someone find that? It is called You Are Enough, Five Steps to Move from Struggle to Strength. And you can simply find it on Amazon. And, you know, to add kind of to like what you were saying is, it was always on my bucket list to publish something by the time I was 40. Yeah. I didn't know what that was going to be. Um, I never thought I was good enough to write a book. And again, I never understood why I was going through what I was going through with my ex. And since I wrote this book and started talking about this, because for so many years, no one knew what was going on. You know, I had everything going well on Facebook and all of this. And the night that I released my book, I kind of like freaked out a little bit. And I was like, everyone's going to know. Everyone's going to know what happened. But honestly, it has literally brought some amazing people into my life. And the same thing that you had just said that my purpose and my passion in what I'm doing and this book is to share my story so that people can get their own voice Hmm. and can start 
you know, believing that they're enough, that they're not alone, and that there's women and even men all over the world that totally understand what you're going through. Well, and let's talk about now those five steps uh, that you talk about in your book. What is step number one? So step number one, um, I call it you are enough because there's times where we don't feel like enough in anything, relationships, health, career, whatever it may be. And when we start feeling that we, we have this nudging feeling that we're meant for something more or we need to make a change in our life. It's really about step one, which is, you know, discovering your true self. So this is something that I had to do. I had to rediscover who I truly was when I left this relationship. I had lost all my values. I lost the core being of who I was. And so what I love about my book is that at the end of each chapter, there's questions that I pose and places for you to journal because I love self-help books and there's so many times I write like notes in there and all of this stuff. And then I put the book aside, Hmm. but what I wanted to make this book about was to actually have people start their journey of rediscovering themselves and going through the rest of the steps. And by doing that, it's really taking time to fill out, you know, and, and answer the questions. So the first step I I ask five questions and spending time, really thinking about those five questions and that starts the process of rediscovering who you truly are. Love it. What's step number two? Step number two is visualizing your passion and purpose. So once you start rediscovering who you are, you'll find yourself thinking about a new life or a new adventure. So when I started rediscovering myself and started writing this book, that's when I started visualizing myself on stage and like sharing my story to hundreds of people um, and just visualizing this amazing life where I'm inspiring people to believe that they're enough just by sharing my struggles and my strengths. You know what's so interesting about your story in these first two steps that you talk about rediscovering yourself and then, um, you know, rediscovering your dreams, basically? I've uh, been transitioning out of a a relationship myself recently, and what I realized is um, a lot of how we define ourselves is based on what we feel like we're going to accomplish in the future. And when Mm -hmm. we transition or graduate from a relationship, part of the grief, part of redefining ourselves is having to let go of what we thought we would do, who we thought we would be. You know, we have all these visions and ideas of going places with that person or doing things with them or having experiences with them. And and grief is not for, it's not grieving what you've already done. It's grieving what you can't do, what's not going to come, the dreams that you have to let go. And, and part of that redefining yourself is to accept that there are going to be new dreams and new visions. And I think the biggest cycle people get stuck in, it, in that grief cycle, and the biggest problem they have is they get stuck in the, 
oh, wow, this isn't going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. My dreams are gone now. They've died. No, dreams don't die. They just change. And the sooner you can Mm -hmm. recognize that and change them into new dreams, like you're talking about in step number two, the quicker that you can move on from that relationship, the quicker you can graduate to feeling excited again instead of depressed. So I really appreciate that uh, that advice. What's, What's step number three? I do have to add just real quick. Yeah. That was part of my journey. And I'm so excited that you just brought that up. It's the word acceptance. Mm. And so in part of what I call releasing my trauma and rediscovering myself was letting go, not, not finding closure from him because I was never going to get that closure from him, but fi- finding the closure and the acceptance for myself of, saying that is the person I became when I was with him and I'm no longer that person. So releasing that story that I was telling myself and the fact that putting closure on that person that I became and yes, there is definitely a grieving process in that. And I think the grieving process for me, I had done so much grief work after the affair and then like the three years that with him, that the grief work, when I finally walked away last February was really the grief work of putting that person away and walking away from that person that I became. Yeah, that's so and powerful. And getting to that place of acceptance. So powerful. Mm-hmm. I, I had an interesting experience all in one day recently where um, I was... I, I went through this intense grief for a relationship that I was transitioning out of, the grief for all the dreams that I'd had for years and years about what we were going to do mm-hmm. and who we were going to be. And I just felt this intense grief and then all of a sudden transitioned into uh, surrender. That yep. The fact that I had to surrender to the circumstances mm-hmm. that I was in, that I needed to surrender to God, to source, to universe, however you wanted to say it. And then with that surrender came a, a peace followed by an excitement, an excitement for mm-hmm. the new things to come, the new dreams, the new relationships, mm-hmm. the new possibilities. And um, and it's just a really interesting process to go through and to recognize those. But before the excitement had to come the surrender. And I think that, that again, that's where yeah. people get stuck, that surrender of I, mm-hmm. I and that letting go of who you were and the acceptance and that scary. things are going to be. Yeah. Well, it's so scary. And I mm-hmm. saw your post. It was just a couple days ago. Yeah. And I was like, see, this was meant to be because <laughs> I kind of could tell what that post was and I was feeling what you were saying. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm so excited to be on her show on Tuesday because you, you were feeling, and I love the authenticity that you had in that post because it's true. It's, it's scary. It's difficult to say goodbye to that. But again, like the steps that I talk about, the minute I found that surrender and from what you were saying, the minute you found that surrender, you were able to visualize I was able to visualize and get excited about all of the new possibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it has to come. And big shout out to our Facebook yeah. live viewers. Love you. I just blew you a huge kiss. We're getting some uh, getting <laughs> some feedback from them and um, that they are enjoying awesome. the show. And one Facebook viewer needed to hear this today. So, uh, okay, we're going to go to commercial break again when we come back. Let's <laughs> go to step number three. I'm loving these steps. Um, more with Megan Fenio when we come back.
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune into Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. And get Amplified. If you want to join the ranks of the influencers, you've got to think like an influencer. How about joining one of the top influencers in the world, Leonard Kim, for Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard and his guests discuss the topics that aspiring influencers need to know, from brand building to getting yourself published and growing your audience. There's a bunch of fun and even some twists involved to keep you on your toes. You just have to listen every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Hello, I'm Allison H. Larson. Joining me today, I have Megan Fenyo, all the way from San Diego, California. And Megan, you just wrote a book. We talked a little bit about it in the second segment. We talked about the five steps in your book. Uh, tell people what the title of that book is one more time. You Are Enough, Five Steps to Move from Struggle to Strength. So five steps to move from stru- struggle to strength. We hit uh, steps one through two on the last segment. And now I'd love to hear steps three, four, and five. But before we do that, uh, I want to touch a little bit on something that you're doing, a movement that you're creating. Yes, it's super exciting. Thank you. It's called the I Am Enough Movement. And I just launched it about a week and a half ago. It's already gone international. Um, it's just really a way for me to give back to people and continue to spread this message of being enough. So what is this movement and why would somebody want to join? Well, A, it's completely free. (laughs) And B, basically what it is, is um, I send out people cards that say I am enough on the front and on the back it says the word because. And then a couple lines that talk about you know, for them to write, why do they feel like they're enough? And this is an amazing transition to step three, to be honest, because step three in my book talks about how to ground yourself. Hmm. And in that chapter, I talk about ways to begin to build that self-confidence back up to believe that you're enough, that you can accomplish whatever you want in your life. And so those cards are what I use as visualization, 
Mm. So I use those with my patients, with myself. So people can order these free cards. They get five. I ship them all over the world. Um, I've actually shipped them to the UK, Netherlands, Canada, like all over the place. And I want them to share these cards with family, friends, with strangers, but also for themselves to write why they believe that they're enough and carry it with them in their pocket, in their purse, wherever as a reminder that they are enough. And then, of course, to take a picture, take a selfie of it um, and, you know, upload it to our, you know, I am enough movement page. I just launched it a week and a half ago. So the pictures are starting to come in. Um, and it's really exciting for people, to, you know, to see this movement and people like having the confidence. Because I know selfies back in the, like a year ago for me was non-existent. Yeah. I just was like, I can't do selfies. Right. But doing this and like holding this card and having this confidence that you believe that you're enough, it's just about spreading the message. I love that. Well, what a powerful movement. So if somebody's listening right now and they want to join this movement, how can they make that happen? They can definitely just visit my website, megansenyo.com. And there's a pop-up and you can just simply order your cards and I will mail them out. I'm the only one that sees the address. I just like to put that in there. Um, And I'll mail them out and then you get some little goodies with it as well and all of the instructions and how to join the, the social media pages and all of that stuff. So spell Fenyo. So Fenyo is S as in Frank, E, N as in Nancy, Y-O-E. So Megan Fenyo, um, go ahead and find her on Facebook. So you said that that led into step number three. So what was step number three yeah. again? So step number three is grounding yourself. So when we start having these different visions and and you know, excitement about the future, we can find our negative self-talk becoming even more than it was in the past. And so what step three is, it's one of my favorites because this is what I do as a therapist. This is what I do in my everyday life. It's how to ground those negative thoughts so it doesn't keep you stuck. Hmm. So I talk a lot about different visualization exercises that can include meditation, the cards that I just talked about, coping cards, all of these different things that you can do to really remain in the moment and continue to move forward so it doesn't let your you know, limiting self-beliefs keep you stuck. Right. Okay, so let's review the steps so far. So these are the five steps yeah. to what? Five steps to move from struggle to strength. So if you're finding yourself in a struggle right now, maybe you're in a situation you think, I'm just not strong enough. I don't have the courage to move out of this. If you do these five things, it's going to help you have the strength to be able to move forward. So step number one. Discover your true self. Step number two. Visualize your passion and purpose. Step number three. Grounding yourself. And now let's get into step number four. What is step number four? Step number four is strengthening, or sorry, is um, creating your strength plan. And this is what I love about this one is because your strength plan includes all of the things that we have to do every single day to get us to where we want to be. So it includes self-care. It -hmm. includes time management. So like with my clients, what I do is I help them schedule their time where they're not feeling like they don't have enough time. So they're not stuck in the I'm too busy mindset. Right. And they're not stuck in the I'm not good enough mindset. And we create this, this tool 
which is called the strength plan to help them take care of themselves and get everything done that they have to do, but also including something at least once a day that they want to do. Mm, and I love that. Includes this, yeah. Well, and here, so here's, here's what I like about that. I actually have a chapter about this in my book, Soul Intuition, about the power of have versus want. And here's what happens uh-huh. when I muscle test somebody and muscle testing very scientifically proven now, uh, meaning that they can measure thought fields. They know that, you know, scientists can actually measure the frequency of your thoughts, your body. We know that if something is not good for us, if a food's not good for us, if a negative, if we're having a negative thought, something that doesn't, that's not good for us, that will actually weaken in our body. It lowers our body's strength. So when you muscle test and you introduce a thought or a food or something into a person's environment that's not good for them, their muscles will actually weaken. So in my muscle mm-hmm. testing, I have somebody hold their arm out to the side and I say, show me strong. And I place one hand on my shoulder and I press down on their wrists and they usually are able to resist. Now, if I introduce a thought or a food or or anything into their environment that's not good for them, and I have them hold their arm out again, I can press their arm very easily down to their side. If I introduce something good into their environment, their arm remains strong, and I can't push it down to their side. Well, one of the things I've noticed oftentimes if I'm with a client and they, they say, oh, I have to get this done and I need to do that and I should do that. What ends up happening is if we are to muscle test them in that moment of have, they're very weak. Their muscles very weak. Their arm goes mm-hmm. straight down. And I say, just change one word. If change the word from have to want. Change that word from need to want. Change that word from should to want. And once mm-hmm. they do that, the muscle becomes strong. And they're saying the same thing. Maybe they're saying, I need to do a budget for my business. I need to do that. And their arm's weak and they change it to, I want to do a budget for my business. Suddenly that opens up the the brain's possibility of thinking, why do I really want to do this? What are the possibilities? What are the things that are going to happen that are positive because of this versus the have? You know, when we were kids and our parents told us we had to do something, it's not empowering. It puts us into victim mode. So I really appreciate that you brought that up. Yeah, definitely. I think in I tell that with my clients and, and have to remind myself of that, too. Do you have you know, to or do you want to remind yourself of that? Oh, yeah. Just kidding. I'm sorry. I, I, I couldn't help it. That. Isn't that so <laughs> funny? I'm so glad that you caught that. <laughs> I, I catch myself. I just, I'm, I, I know what you're saying. That's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> but, yeah, because otherwise we get in this mediocre, mundane mm-hmm. cycle of life where yeah. we're doing things because we have to. We get up, we go to work, this yeah. and that. But putting that one thing in your life that you want to do every day, like for me, it's going to the gym. Right. I want to do that. I have, like, not that I have to, I want to do it because I need to release that stress. I want to release that stress. I want to be, you know, fresh mind. So that is something that I want to do and do every single day. And so that's what the strength plan is. It's, you know, adding all of these things that are going to make you stronger and also kind of developing your strength tribe. Who are the people in your life that are going to keep you accountable and that you're oh, going to, yeah. you know, turn to when you need to talk about things? Your strength tribe is super important when it comes to, you know, working through these steps. Yeah, and I, I 100% agree with that. All right. What's the final step in going from struggle to strength? Step number five. It's, it's strengthening your healthy habits. So the mm-hmm. big word here in this step is complacency. So I know, you know, being a substance abuse therapist, we talk a lot about complacency when it comes to recovery. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing in, you know, wanting to make these changes in your life. If you find yourself, 
you know, you've gone through steps one through four, you've created this plan, you're excited. Maybe you miss a day, like maybe it's going to the gym, you miss a day. That's okay, life happens. But then if you find yourself making excuses for not going to the gym the next day, the next day, and it turns into a month, into a, a year, whatever, it's you're getting complacent because maybe mm-hmm. life is going well for you and you're like, oh, I can miss a day at the gym or, you know, I lost like one pound or five pounds. I'm good. I can miss a day at the gym. But when life happens and we hit that bump in the road, when we stop doing the things that help us, our strength plan, then when we hit those bumps in the road, it can literally take us back to that negative mindset where you were when you started this whole process. Mm -hmm. So complacency is big. And so step five really talks about how to keep these things going that you've, you know, developed through stage one through, you know, four, how do we keep that going day after day, month after month? Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. Well, thank you so much, Megan, for sharing those five steps uh, that help take us from struggle to strength. Uh, Make sure and check out Megan's book. Megan, where can people get your book? Um, On Amazon. So on Amazon. And what would they look up? Just the book title, either my name, Megan Fenio, or the book title, You Are Enough, Five Steps to Move from Struggle to Strength. Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us, for being brave enough to uh, change your life and make positive changes in your life. And then not only that, but to take what you've learned to be able to uh, articulate that, write a book, pass that along and share that counsel with other people. So Megan, what's your last thought of the day, sentence or less? What's the one takeaway that you hope our listeners will take with them? It's just simply this, that you are enough just as you are regardless of whatever season you're in. And the more you celebrate and focus on that, the more you will live in your strength. Wow, really powerful. I think my biggest takeaway from listening to Megan today, and thank you all for investing your time to be here, to invest your time to learn how you can go from struggles to strength. I think my biggest takeaway is really that we're all human. I mean, Megan, being a mental health therapist, you know, even myself, I told a story about how my water got shut off yesterday and realized it wasn't my fault, but we tend so often to be so hard on ourselves for not being perfect. We tend not to give ourselves the grace that we need. We tend to tell ourselves often that we are not enough. But if we can step into that moment of realizing that we are enough, if we can take the time to nurture and love ourselves instead of punishing ourselves, uh, we will be able to be stronger. We will be able to have strength and the courage to get out of those bad situations, those toxic relationships, and to make the changes in our life that we need to make. And by doing so, we will inspire the people around us as we share our experience. So until next week, when you will join me again to listen to more people who have transformed their lives and are transforming the lives of others, please remember that you are enough. I'm Alison H. Larson, thank you for listening to Spotlight. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.